It's because right. my kid fucking threw up on you today, and he's sick too, so. Ew, he threw up me. on you? Yeah, back then. Yeah, he's Kids also do that. sick now. I once, I once was carrying one kid to school, and for some reason she had just had the perfect mix of, like, almonds, like raw almonds, and milk. And when I picked her up to take her to the car, I must have touched some pressure point on her <laughs> stomach right above her belly button. And she vomited and covered me from head to toe. I had to undress in the uh, mud room. It was the winter. And I just put my suit in a plastic bag and hung it out the back of the house. And just let it breathe. Were you worried about the raccoons getting to it? No, because it froze. It was really cold. Because I couldn't have the smell in the, in the house. I was just covered from All right, let's get started. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Um, despite sickness and bed rest and getting off bed rest, we are here for our fourth episode. Got a lot of fun things to talk about today. But first, Lily, calling in from the Canary Islands. How are you? I love you, my babies. <laughs> so I, I just uh, going to start a singing career with my terrible cold. <laughs> um, and um, Beck, calling in from California. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm particularly great today. No more bed rest, so That's awesome. feeling good. Well, before we get to our big Stranger Things two um, mid mid run discussion, um, let's just let's just talk about you know in the Stranger Things theme Halloween. How was how are your respective Halloweens, um, Lil? You Halloween's a big I deal. Had a where crazy you are. crazy Halloween party at work, which I'm pretty sure one of those little kids gave me bronchitis. Because there was like sixty kids <laughs> running around, oh. but there were some like terrifying costumes. <laughs> I WhatsApped a photo specifically so my sister-in-law, your wife, would see it of a like eight-year-old dressed as it. Oh God, you that, said like, that to me too. That's horrifying. You mean Pennywise like, the clown? Ter- yeah, like Pennywise. Yeah. Like, but with the three balloons and like just the terrible teeth. And, like, she was just walking around, like, cocking her head. Like, Shy, if you were a child and you had to come to this party and some other child dressed like this, you would have had to, like, go into therapy immediately. Oh, like, yeah. Some of these costumes, are they just really take it seriously, guys. I mean, you're talking to like, the kid it's who's... very You're talking intense. to the kid here who used um, Shabbat as an excuse once not to go out on Halloween because I was just afraid of all the costumes. <laughs> I That's stayed inside and handed out candy. Not even. I was afraid to go to the door. But I was like, it's Shabbat. I can't go out on Halloween. And mom and dad are like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> That's amazing. I did not know that story. And I'm like extremely either. impressed with your savviness. And they knew it and, too. And your children, who, let's be honest, are a wee bit you know, schemish sometimes, have loved Halloween. Oh, they loved it. Um, older child. She insisted on going to every house in the neighborhood, and while she didn't get every house in the neighborhood, she outlasted every human in our crew. She even came back to the house at one point, watched a few minutes of Three Ninjas with me and the other younger and the other kid because we were really tired. And then she went back out. And then she went back out. 
She was like two more wow. houses she wanted to hit. Her, her candy bag wow. is enormous. Um, but the, the fun- stole all the butterfingers from the, the well yeah so the funniest part about our, our halloween is that i was just in the mood for butterfinger and in my efforts to not be extreme i bought two bags of the giveaway candy this year and they didn't happen to have butterfinger in them because of where i bought them they didn't have that selection but this year for some reason that was the one i was craving perhaps because we've been watching the simpsons lately i don't know anyways every house we went to i'd say to the kids go up there and ask for a Butterfinger. And they are like, what's a Butterfinger? Like, their knowledge of different candies is pretty limited. And so they'd say no, but then they'd very diligently go to the different houses and say, my dad wants a Butterfinger. <laughs> so then, <laughs> They outed you. So I kept asking the kids to do it, get me a Butterfinger. And they'd go up and they'd ask. And then finally Allie turns to the little one and says, Go tell your dad not to be a chazer. And she looks to me and goes, Daddy, don't be a chazer. And with that, let's transition to our big piece of uh, movie news. You guys are going to have strong opinions about this. I have I have a story, a childhood story about it. But we saw news um, uh, that I read. On... Oh, I thought we were doing Stranger Things first. No, no, we're going to do the news quick. No, no. News well, you said news. we're segueing from Halloween into... Stranger well, things, reading, so homework, reading, sense. books, books, movies based on <laughs> books. Exactly. I followed the segue. Alec, Be- Becky followed yeah, the segue, which is that Margot Robbie and and Elizabeth Banks are, are slated to make a movie version of The Paper Bag Princess. Um, now, I don't have a relationship with the story the way you guys do. My, oh, I, I don't remember so all of it. I just remember her being kind of a cool, tough character. But how do you guys feel about I'm, this being made into a movie? And well, what do you want to I see? I feel from like J.D. Salinger and the fact of like, the, you know, I don't, the, not sure anybody should touch it. Like it's. I mean. J.D. Salinger, yes, the book so, by Robert Munch. No, yeah. but like, you know, he would never have let anybody make Catcher in the Rye because it could never be made. It has to just be in the ether of literature. And I feel like this book is the same. Um, oh, they made Matilda, and it was amazing. Here's but... the thing. Yeah, but it's Roald Dahl. It's different. Um, here's here's the thing about Paper Bag Princess. It's it's not. It's for me. It's ext- it's extremely personal. This is my favorite book. I have a little mini version of it. I've kept with me since childhood. She is my greatest hero of fiction. Um, you were her for Halloween. Right? I've dressed as her for Halloween. I just feel like she. She captures so much of my own personal feminist evolution I've experienced in my life. Um, and so I, and I don't have a problem with someone making it into a film. I just feel like I should be consulting on it because this is very sensitive material. Yeah, that's sure, fair. you can probably get on board. Uh, uh, well, Margot Robbie is one of our most loyal listeners, so I bet she's. <laughs> I, sure I think she one. Is. No, no. To be fair, it doesn't say okay. One of the, well, we'll get to it. Go, go, go. go no, ahead. I was going to say we well, talked about we we had this text exchange about casting, and there were we, I think we were all concerned that we want to. Well, it's sure. just I'm assuming the the article got it wrong. Yeah, because it no says sense. she's producing the project. And being eyed as the potential princess, but that literally makes no sense. So my guess is she's producing it, and they're just writing that because she's, you know, an actress too. 
Yeah. Why yeah. they both would go after it together, though, doesn't entirely make sense to me. Well, it could be a lot of fun, depending on how they tease out that whole story. Um, and if they find, you know, a really well, good... Apparently, it was really difficult to get. They actually had to use both of their production companies together, like, to join up together to get it. Wow. Um, well, I, I mean, not, none of his books have ever been made into a movie, and he's got some amazing books. So, who would you cast as the? I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight because I don't know the book as well. But who would you cast as the Paperbug Princess? I had said I previously, and I had mentioned Millie Bobby Brown. I think she's awesome. She might be now by the time they would film it a little bit too old. So I just do like one of those thousand million kid castings and like find some unknown. That's, like, spunky and cute. Like, I mean, you just need, like, a badass who's, like, maybe 10. No, maybe 11 12. or 12. I feel, I feel like 12. 12. You, you need the next, the next age. Millie Bobby Brown. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, cool. Well, my... kind of a bit spoiled bratish, but also a badass. I mean, that's a thing. The girl play. who Millie played... Millie Bobby Brown is not spoiled bratish. Let's no, be but the She's... girl who played Curly Sue in the 90s could do it. That's then. right. An interesting, like choice. when she was twelve, but she's now probably thirty, yeah. so never mind. But you know what I mean. Um, um, but oh. yeah, it's a, such a great story. So I'll I will be following say. this story very closely. Um, I'll and you should be write writing, Elizabeth. Banks. I'll probably I'm be sure she writing. Would read it if you wrote her. You know, Ms. Banks, a letter. If you tweeted at her, I would strongly, be surprised she a strongly back. worded emotional letter about the importance of carrying this story. Um, make sure she really understands the full weight of it. And, uh, yeah, I will, I will take, I will take responsibility for updating the group on the movements of this film. Well, well, I'll close this segment with just the, the story of my relationship with the, with the book is my relationship to the book is that, um, uh, um, I had this infamous sleepover party in second grade. Which was at the exact age between kids who you thought were nice would behave really nice and have fun and watch whatever movie. And <laughs> kids who would just go absolutely bananas and stay <laughs> up all night trying to keep everybody awake and terrorizing the house. And when things got so out of hand that mom had to come down and get things under control, she made all of the kids sit down. These are like... These are seven and eight year old boys, and she read us the paper bag princess. I <laughs> lost my mind. Could there have been something less cool at your That's really party than mom making all of the kids sit down and listen to her do a like dramatic reading of the paper bag princess? I also these are two very enlightening stories i'm hearing this evening that i did not know of that's pretty cool because it's hard to have stories that we don't know of each other all right so with that in mind thinking of our youth and um various shenanigans and sleepovers and whatnot um let's transition to the kind of coolest youth in the television or web streaming or whatever you want to call it world which are the stranger thing kids Lily, in an earlier episode, expressed a lot of anxiety. Can you not yawn, like, all the way Sorry. into the microphone? Sorry, I'm having a tough time. Like, put yourself on mute if you need to do that. All right, all right, let's go. The Stranger Things kids are, are back. Uh, we, we are not 
um, all the way through the season, any of us. But let's act as if it was a regular show. We're three episodes into it in our house. Where four. are you guys? You're four. Four. Where are you back? Well, I have some. So so that we don't. Three. Wait, I thought we said we were watching up to three. I watched three. No, so I said you could watch up to four. Well, I only watched well, one. So we're gonna well, talk up to three. We're gonna talk up to spoiler alert. When Will's face gets like sucked up by that black spider. Yeah, yeah, by the monster thing. Yeah, not much else happens. All right, so that that, to avoid me uh, bulldozing the conversation, who would like to start? Well, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna ask some questions. Well, I'll, Ah. I'll I'll ask some questions uh, and then I'll give my thoughts at the end. But Lily, what are your initial reactions? You had so much anxiety about whether or not this would be good. Three episodes in, what are your reactions to season two? My reaction is that. The show was banking on... It called my bluff. And Jose's laughing at my voice. I'm live, Jose. You can't comment. Although I do have a funny comment to share with you that he said last night about the show. But um, the show called my bluff in the fact that it was banking on me being so excited to be watching it again. And to be paying attention to the, like, 80s details and having Sean Astin in it and Paul Reiser and, like, just enveloping myself in this new season that it, it kind of is, like, calling my bluff in the fact that, like, I'm not going to be annoyed that it's not great or nothing much <laughs> has happened in four episodes because I'm just so excited to be watching it. And I, I appreciate that it's called my bluff. That I'm like, okay, now we're on episode four. It's picking up. Make a season out of this. Okay. But literally the first two episodes was like, all right, I get it. Will's like freaked out. All right. Exactly. And also, Jose was like, my God, this poor girl just sits in that room all season. He's like, this season? He goes, he literally goes, he goes, so this season is the worst for her, is what he said. <laughs> He's like, because she's still in that goddamn house. And I was like, I so, know, by the way, episode four, she's still in the house. I uh, <laughs> I agree. I sort of felt like the second half of episode three just should have been the plot of the first episode. Right. Like the first two and like a half they, episodes, just like nothing yeah. happens. And it's the second half of episode three that you're like, oh, now it's now it feels like there's a plot starting. And Right. So it's like not until I think episode four that you get the... Which, of what's you know, gonna happen the rest a, of the season? That's a problem. Um, and as far as Sean Astin goes, I gotta hope. I gotta hope there's a twist on the character where he's like, you know, like a secret spy for the bad guys. So because that, otherwise, what is the point of him? So, I mean, other than so, to have Sean Astin in your show, which is awesome, but. So you and I are on the same page for the amount of time that they spent on Sean Astin in particular. He's got to pay off. Now, are they going to do yeah. the switcheroo like they did with the boyfriend, with Nancy's boyfriend, where he turned out to be a right. good guy? Good or are guy. they going to do the the reverse switcheroo? But you know that it is... wasn't originally... Right. Steve wasn't originally supposed to be a good guy. Right. He was supposed to be unlikable, and you're supposed to hate him till the end. But the ah, actor this... played it so well and love brought it. sympathy to the character that they were like, shit, and they kind of switched it around yeah. and made him actually no, a good no. guy. But, it, but, but it's a good twist, so are they going to do you the know? reverse with Sean Astin where he's like this... You know, I, I didn't even think about that, so that's here's a good... The thing. But here's I can't... the thing, if you, show, if you show us a gun in Act 1, you got to use it in Act 3. So, Sean Astin... No, not if it's a red herring. 
No, but I'm saying, but like to me, Sean Aston is the gun. If you're going to show me that, spend so much time with him in the first part of the season, he's got to pay off in the in the last part. Otherwise, you're not moving the story forward. And you is, know, so I have to assume every scene with him trying to get them out of town, like, trying to get them to move, you know, getting closer to Will, getting closer to Jonathan, like all of that has to be about plot and moving the story forward. And yeah, so it's got to pay off. And if it's not about moving the story forward, then, you know, it's not very I good. thought it might have to do with, like, him kind of being the force that pushes uh, Winona Ryder and Hopper together. Well, mm, I, 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 I think I'm with so. Becky. My instinct from the no. beginning with him is that he's a plant planted by the company to keep an eye on But, yeah, on he's, he All went to high school with black. them. Come on, Chai, Orphan Black. Okay, no spoilers oh. from other shows, no. but thank you. Just saying. Hmm. And before. But oh. he went to high school with them. He's not from somewhere else. He doesn't have to be so from somewhere else to be, be working for the bad guys. Could have been recruited and, well, you know. And and remember, he had this crush on Winona Ryder, so that could be part yeah, of Yeah, that his, was, you know. Yeah, they, he's kind of keeps overdoing that. Right, he so keeps it, saying it like it could be sort times. of it could be sort of what they what they've promised him. You know, it's like a grim, a warm tongue promise situation. Being like, you get your high school girlfriend, and he could just be reporting on her. Right, they could just be saying, you know, he might not be like part, the 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 mastermind, but he could just be reporting on her. Um, so my my general feeling is just that I think that as much as I love all the streaming shows, they take too long to get going. And I'm not always sure what the payoff is in the amount of time they spend in those slower initial mm-hmm. episodes where they're banking on you binge watching. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm having I have a hard time with a lot of these shows in that after the first episode I'm not hooked. I mean, it usually takes yep. me two or three, but by three when Will's getting eaten by the spider monster in the Upside Down, I was like, oh, we if, if we didn't if we weren't so tired and wasn't so late we would have stayed up watching. So. Okay, let's move on to the next subject. Let's. Discuss... I think that you also should remember that season one takes at least three episodes to get going. Oh. Nope, completely Will disagree. Disappears. From from episode no, one, I was hooked. Oh but no, then they kind of plateaus. No, episode oh. one, I was hooked, again. and I found every episode. No, I was to be... hooked. No, I was hooked, but I didn't find. And every episode was like this machine that moved things forward quickly. And, and yeah. I have to say, for me, the sum of the whole of Stranger Things I liked. But I, at no point during the first season did I feel like I had to watch the next episode. I really liked the whole thing as a whole creation. But uh, as, as the better, whereas as, as the sum of its parts, whereas, not like not like other shows I've watched where I can't wait to watch the next episode. Whereas the, I feel like for the first season, the second half I was like addicted to. In the first half, I was like, all right, this is fun. And then it kind of picked it up for me. Um, okay, so, so let's move on. Um, let's talk about... Sh- let's move should on we just and... say that Jonathan is British? Okay? Yeah. And was not allowed into the United States for the premiere because they found traces of Coke in his suitcase. So now every time he comes on screen, he was like, should he do some Coke? Which one's Jonathan? The Will's older brother, brother Will's older brother, brother that looks oh. like River Phoenix yeah, and Johnny Depp got smushed into Nancy. one face. He's weirdly nice at the beginning of this season, like weirdly well adjusted. It's unnerving. Um, but he's River on. Phoenix and Johnny Depp from oh. the '80s smushed into one face. Okay, shy. Moving on. Next topic. Yeah, we're moving on to Paul Reiser. Um, 
I want to just riff on Paul Reiser and say that he, he, if you guys remember his character from Aliens, they clearly brought him in to play the character from Aliens as the, you know, mm-hmm. slimy guy who's interested mm-hmm. in, in only advancing the work of the corporation or whatever entity he works for. Um, uh, and so while I'm excited about that, I, I'm, I, I, and I get that's why you're using Paul Reiser for to channel that 80s character. Now having had him seen a a more a more complex but still kind of a bad guy in in Red Oaks, I would have liked to see Paul Reiser have some kind of redemption. Now I haven't finished the season, so maybe he has some. But if he's just going to be the same type of character as Matthew Modine, right? And they're going like the to the gonna... Well, I think I think they they kind of hint that he's not because when he oh I don't know never mind he no. does something maybe in episode four. Okay. Okay. That we'll get to that. Makes you. We'll get to that, but yeah, we, you know, yeah. so far, so far, you know, he just seems like a math modine, <laughs> but who knows how to pretend to be nice. Right. I think episode four will show you that it's either what Becky said, or that maybe he is actually deep down redeemable. So maybe there's more complexity there than All right, Matthew so, Modine. So, I'm conf- I was confused because I thought Matthew Modine was in this season. No, he <laughs> dies so, in the last one. I didn't remember that. Uh, Alright, so, so far, so far, your MVP at episode three. Beck, go. My MVP <sighs> at episode three. Uh, I don't know. I don't For me, feel it's like I Wait, Lil, do a big gross slurp into the microphone loud before you Sorry. say Sorry. Yeah, no, and and <sighs> yeah, blow your nose a bit too cuz we love the way that sounds. It's not going to make any pregnant people bark. Sure. Don't worry. Well, I'm um, doing eh. the show. We'll okay, I'm soon. asking the question again. I'm literally cutting that part out. Um Becky, your MVP so far in episode 3. Uh, Dustin, is that his name? The kid with the teeth? Yeah, kid with the teeth. They've really amped up. They've given, I think they, 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 they definitely are responding to what people have loved about the first season, which is why I like the second season more so far, is that we're getting like a ton of Dustin and everybody yeah, and loves the, Dustin. The sidekicks, you know, like the little, like Dustin and Lucas, like I love them. The little sidekicks, they make me happy every time they're on screen. All right, Lil, your MVP so far. Hopper. Cool. All right. Now, my MVP so far is going to have to be Eleven, actually. I I just love I love when she's on screen. I love seeing how that character develops. I like the way she's figuring out how to interact with the world. She's awesome. She's my favorite character. And, and Yeah, I they, think, and, yeah, and, I agree with that. And in some ways, she's kind of like Jaws. Like, they couldn't show you her right away because they, they waited a little while to show you her because once she's in the show... She's to me just so interesting. Um, sure, but you know, first of all, I think that I just hope they don't keep her in that house the whole season. That'll be annoying. And then also, you would have seen this by episode four that there's more than her. What of her? No, we saw that in episode one that there's more. I mean, just right. by very fact that she's eleven, you know that there's right. going to be more. I just hope it so doesn't go hopefully like. Hopefully, they'll explore that. I hope it doesn't go like full X Men. Um, all right, in your least <laughs> valuable play, your LVP so far, Beck, who are you oh, most disappointed in? I know. If someone else has an idea, they can go first. I didn't know this question was Mike. coming. I have to think Mike about it. Mike is the worst. He's so annoying. Like, I want to punch him in the face every time he's on the screen. What? 
How yeah, could you say that? Mike's going Mike is, a lot. what do you talk about? He's so dedicated he's so to annoying. 11. He's so dedicated to 11. He's yeah, so I dedicated to, to 11. But he, I think the fact that he brought in a girl to the group last time and everybody was nice about it, he can chill out over Mad Max. But like, he's all a of a small, sudden, new girl can't be in the group. Boy, he's a, he's a young kid. Yeah, you know what? The this other is, three kids were cool about it. I just um, also well, they were not cool guys... about eleven at first. They were not cool about eleven. Lucas was very anti eleven at first. You have to remember that. Eh, I don't really remember that. I feel exactly. like they. Well, I was gonna say Mike because he's annoying the shit out of me, but now I'm switching it to Billy. That guy's the worst. Yeah, I just don't see a purpose of its character. Like, I don't. Three need episodes to see and there's three episodes Steve and I can't bullied. even guess what the purpose is. Then I you so know. Billy from the beginning just. Everything about him upsets me. So I'm so like I don't like him as a person. I think I, I don't know if I could go Mike because I think Mike is struggling with the aftermath of of everything that's happened in the in the previous one. Um so um let's see. I you know, Steve's really he's interesting. Uh, I mean, I I go with I'll go with Billy for now. Um, I guess it's not fair to I guess it's not fair to um, be upset at the older sister because she's because she's upset at because she's upset about the whole Barb, Barb thing. Dying. I'm glad that I mean, they've done the justice. I'm glad that they're they're making Barb's death matter or disappearance. Yeah. Matter. I think I think that's really I think that's important. They don't that they don't act like she just didn't exist in season 1. It makes Nancy's character more real. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um so with... Um could I tell my spoiler story? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So just quickly, um night before last, I was um, not able to sleep because I felt so sick. So at like four in the morning, I just go into the bathroom and I'm like, my fever's breaking. I just, I'm like a mess. And I sit down on the toilet. I didn't have to go to the bathroom, but I just was sitting there like, oh God, I feel like shit. And I pick up uh, an entertainment weekly that's sitting next to the toilet and I like open it up and I'm like, oh, I'll just like read a little bit and, you know, feel better or something. And I like, I'm in like a stupor. It's 4 a.m. I open a page and I just literally, like, just happened to read, like, a super annoying spoiler. And I'm sitting there being like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I was so on sad. On too? No, about The Good Place. Oh, well, don't. Wait, so this is just, this isn't a story, though. This is, that like, is. the story I, is that you were up in the middle of the night, you might mean, and you, read, and you accidentally read a spoiler. Yeah, I, That's I, not I a told story. you my story was not... The spoiler. It was a story about a spoiler. Beck, what's on your mind? What are you looking forward to? What are you watching? I've got. Some- well, okay. Now what's on my mind is this whole recalibration of the Star Wars strategy because I'm going to be, you know, forty weeks and three days when it comes out, or two days when it comes out, and you know, so I have to make sure to keep this baby in, so I can go see Star Wars. So okay. Now I'm in a very different boat. All right, new Star Wars strategy, and then for me, I wanted to share with you guys a really cool, a cool story about about reaction to the podcast. So, we've now pushed it out on Twitter, and we sent it around to some friends. And my dear, dear friend Holly, um, who you can follow on Twitter as Holly Luya, she 
went and watched Mindhunter on on um, Lil's recommendation and loved it and sent me a message hmm. to say that and I said that Toma. was so I, I I told her that I would mention it on the pod so thank you A Holly for spending time listening but also um, I thought that would I'm so glad that makes I, me really I, happy I, I, I I'm 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 uh, I'm thought that would also pick up Lily's mood anyways um, Becky where can people follow you everydayout.com everydayout.com and then Lil mm-hmm. where can people yeah. follow you with your new logo GGK Gomez on Twitter and you can follow me at Pancake for Table. You can also follow the the podcast has its own Twitter feed. We'll probably just use that to push out the um, the episodes every week. But um, that is Fry Night Movie, F R I Night Movie. Um, and you can go directly to subscribe to the podcast on the Podbeam uh, platform. And we'll see about getting it in other places um, soon. In the meantime. Do our dance, our outro dance. If you're dancing, you're dancing. If you're dancing. Are you dancing well? Mm-hmm. I'm bobbing my head. I need a nap. Alright. Love you guys. Bye. Alright, love you guys. Feel better Bye. though. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I feel like, Peggy, you're not being fair. You saw how sick I was yesterday when I talked to you on FaceTime. I know. You sound like you're... I couldn't even pick my head up off the couch. Becky was... Corbin's love a good round of bronchitis. Oh, yeah, that's... I would say until... I love a good... For a while, tonsillitis had the lead on diseases. (laughs) I know tonsils. Strep, strep. That was Lily's go-to. I have strep. Yeah, and then I got rid of my tonsils. Oh, God, I feel bad for any family, any doctor that lived within five square miles of us because we were at their house getting a strep test and whatever. <laughs> um, Are you recording this? Yeah, yeah, I have we to. We had, like, VIP. We had, like, access to the VIP line at uh, the, uh, the LSC down on Sherbrooke.